0: You're listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P. H. Thompson. This is a chronological Bible study going chapter by chapter, discovering Christ in all of Scripture. This is Job chapter 3, verses 1 through 26, Job deplores his birth. The remainder of the book moves into a series of poetic speeches given by Job, his three friends, another young man, and then God himself. It reads like a Shakespearean tragedy. Like the book of Psalms, these are real, deep emotions. Job is transparent and honest. He doesn't pretend to be strong. Job has suffered great losses. His possessions, his livelihood, his servants, and his children. Then he loses the emotional support of his wife, and now his physical health. Soon he'll suffer the loss of his reputation as well. If we ever complain, we must recognize that our trials are trivial in comparison to Job's. His miserable comforters have arrived, and after a week of suffering and silence, Job wishes he had never been born. The difference between his response in chapters 1 and 2 and this one in chapter 3 is time and physical suffering. Even great saints, when they are suffering so greatly, are likely to be misunderstood and question what God is doing. Job asks why seven times in this chapter. There is a real tension between faith and experience. Innocent suffering is hard enough to bear. It's much worse when every support turns out to be a broken reed. For seven days, his friends had been a silent support to him. But during that time, his physical suffering was only one aspect of his pain. Satan assaulted his mind. Tempting him to question the wisdom and goodness of God, telling him God had obviously abandoned him, encouraging him to feel sorry for himself. Acute pain, that is pain that is severe but of short duration, is hard enough to bear. But if you've ever, Because if you've ever had kidney stones or natural childbirth, and I've had both, uh, you know how difficult it is. But chronic pain is something altogether different. I also have that, and when you see no end in sight and no prospect of relief, there is both anxiety and depression. As I said, I've had chronic pain now for eight years, and I can attest to the truth of this. There's a point when the pain may not show in your face anymore, and you can smile or even laugh, but it never goes away. Job was in deep distress and despair. These are his complaints. He curses the day of his birth, which is normally a cause of joy. He wishes it were wiped off the calendar. Then he wishes he had never been born, because the joys of life weren't worth all the pain. Then, he made, then if he made it through nine months of pregnancy, he wishes he would have been stillborn. It would have been better not to live than to suffer like that. Better not to have wealth, just to lose it. Better to have never had children, only to have them die tragically. But since he is alive and suffering, he now desires death. When we suffer, our thoughts seem reasonable, even when they are extreme, like Job's. Job's complaint that he should never have been born is understandable, and in fact it would be surprising if he didn't experience emotional and spiritual distress. One thing I've found about physical suffering is that it weans you from this life. It becomes easier to let it go. You long for heaven and the presence of God, which is positive, but you also just want the pain to stop. Here we have Job not just wishing he had never been born, but also longing for death. Death isn't a terrifying prospect when you're a believer, and Job didn't understand it even half as well as we do, since we've been given more light. But escape from suffering isn't always the ultimate goal. The sad thing is that for people who think this life is all there is and that death is just annihilation, they see no purpose to suffering and so will either kill themselves or ask for assisted suicide, euphemistically called medical assistance in dying here in Canada. They do this thinking it will end their suffering. It will, but if they are unsaved, it just brings them to judgment faster. For Job, he understood that a stillborn child was in some ways better off than he, since they didn't have to live a life of suffering like he had. He saw that he could have been at rest with the great men of the earth, kings and princes. In the grave the wicked can no longer cause trouble, the weary are at rest, prisoners are released, the oppressed are liberated, and slaves are freed. He describes his life as misery and bitterness of soul. He says he longs for death and would rejoice if he could find it, yet we don't see him even considering taking his own life. He seems to know that such initiatives belong to God alone, but he did see how death was a perceived improvement to his present situation. He does obliquely blame God for the fact that he was still alive because he knew that God controlled life and death. Matthew Henry says of our mindset, Grace teaches us in the midst of life's greatest comforts to be willing to die and in the midst of the greatest crosses to be willing to uh, live. He didn't know this, but Satan had accused God of hedging Job in, in the sense of protecting him. Here Job feels hedged in by God, but in the sense of feeling surrounded or imprisoned. He feels great anxiety because, although he has already suffered so much, all the worst things he could imagine, yet he fears there is still more to come. He says, what I feared has come upon me, what I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness, I have no rest but only turmoil. We should note that although he cursed the day of his birth, he didn't curse God. These are not the complaints of a skeptic who looks at evil and thinks it disproves the existence or goodness of God. It is because he knows that God exists and is good and just that he is confused. One purpose of trials is to make us acknowledge our weakness and realize we must walk by faith. This will lead to a deeper trust in God. Scarlet Threads So what scarlet threads are hints of Jesus Christ or an application to the gospel do we find in this chapter job speaks truthfully out of the anguish of his heart he is transparent and raw the book this book and the psalms as well as many other prayers teach us that god can take hearing our true feelings we can be real in prayer as jesus was in the garden of gethsemane job didn't understand why he was suffering so greatly and thinks it would have been better if he had never been born yet he does not take his own life. We may experience similar feelings and have similar thoughts, but we must leave the issue of the day of our death to God. Any support that Job looked for failed him. His wife, his friends, later we'll see his servants, his relatives and acquaintances. People may disappoint us, but God doesn't. Job's spiritual distress was what finally broke him, as it can for us. On the cross, Jesus' abandonment by his Father was the worst part of his suffering. Job understood the concept of consciousness in the afterlife, where he would be aware of being with kings and princes of the earth. The New Testament teaches this as well. You've been listening to the podcast Bible Companion series by author P.H. Thompson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and comment. Continue listening for Job chapter 4. May God bless the study of his word.